0: The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the eat this podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Phillipson.
1: Picture this, you walk past the bedroom mirror and catch a glimpse of your fine self out of the corner of your eye, but rather than, hey there, good looking, the negative self-talk begins. Look at my bum in those jeans, what were you thinking? Or, ugh, I gotta do something about my belly. Or maybe it's, oh, I look so tired. My skin is blah, my hair's a mess. Look at how big my feet are. Oh, and yeah, you still got thunder thighs. We all have those days, months, or even years where we just doubt ourselves because of how we judge and rate that view in the mirror and find the image that we see looking back at us not so pleasing to our eyes. There are plenty of times that the toxic self-talk flies through our head, like ticker tape in New York's Times Square. And if you don't catch it or know that it's going on, it'll ruin your day and worse, it can lead to depression, self-harm, and even eating disorders. It comes down to how you think and feel about your body. And it's a component of self-esteem. How you feel about yourself is a total package. Where does this goal of the perfect body even come from? The perfect abs and even that washboard stomach, the toned muscle-bound arms that get you the most likes on a recent gym post, those long, slim legs with just enough tone, muscle, and strength. I've just described most of the computer-altered magazine photos of people that seem to not only have the perfect body, but also the perfect life. And ladies, this is not just about us. About one-third of, of eating disorders occurs in males and the same percentage of men have some body image concerns or they're experiencing some sort of negative body image. Clearly, it's a perspective that's taken on by both men and women and let's also not forget boys and girls. Today on Eat This with Leanne, let's start a conversation about body image because it's a big one. And today I speak with two guests Tara Whitney, who I spoke with in episode 28 about intuitive eating, and Andre Prue, who's on his weight loss journey to feeling better about himself and his health. When I read that children as young as nine start avoiding certain foods because it makes them feel fat or they dislike certain parts of their bodies, I feel a deep sadness. And I guess I somehow hope that they'd have longer before the negative self-talk starts yammering way in their head. I do believe that there are some people out there who love their body no matter what anyone else thinks and that they seem happy with their fine selves from the outside. And I say that they seem because, well, you just never know. So to expand on this conversation i asked tara whitney to join in on this conversation again she's a transformational coach and a certified intuitive eating counselor and she has a really interesting take as well on body image so i'm just gonna let her run with this and we'll jump right into our discussion with tara So welcome, Tara. Thank you so much again for coming back on to the podcast. And um, could you please tell us what you think, in your opinion, contributes to a negative body image? It's really cultural, Leanne.
2: It really really comes from the culture we live in and where, and, and this is really important to name. I think it's a critical piece for people who are trying to heal or uh, change their body image is to identify where this comes from, but it comes from a culture in which we glorify, and I'm talking particularly about women, but we glorify a thin body. And so what I mean by that is if you look at our marketing and you look at Hollywood, and you look at our movies and, and, uh, you know, people that get a lot of attention, then what we see often, even people of, even you could argue people that hold, uh, power in some places, that what they have is a thin body. So we get this message that says, if you have a thin body, you'll be attractive, you'll be in the right relationship you'll you'll be worthy of success uh, you could be worthy of financial success financial security and you'll be happy most importantly you'll be happy right and that message is so prevalent and is so embedded in so many different parts of of our culture that it can af- often be
1: hard to even identify those messages yeah to try and pull it apart from being an observer of it as opposed to it it just it just is this is just how we how we live isn't everybody like this isn't everybody think this way because it's so ingrained in us right and
2: right and and I love the you know a fish doesn't know that they're swimming in water (sighs) that is exactly what is happening, and what the experience that we are having in our culture? And you can look at a whole bunch of other cultural assumptions that we have, but we don't even recognize them because we've been swimming in them
1: mm-hmm. for so since we were born. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's really powerful. Thank you for that. Yeah, it really sums it up nicely. So, in your work with intuitive eating, have you found that your clients? are able to have a shift in this, in their body image, but really in their negative self-talk?
2: Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with intuitive eating, the very base of it is what we call eating to satisfaction. Okay. And eating to satisfaction requires the, the eater to be connected to their body. It requires them to be willing to listen to body sensations and to be in the full experience of eating and to be able to allow themselves to, you know, kind of incorporate all the eating, intuitive eating principles, but to be able to have an experience of eating in which it's, it's a full body. It's not just, um, it, 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 it takes in all of their senses it takes in their desires it's a pleasurable experience and so ultimately as an intuitive eater you have to you're connected with your body now for people who are disconnected with their bodies which i think is a lot of people quite honestly and the reason why is because people are dissatisfied women are dissatisfied with their bodies right. you know there's there's a lot of studies out there the most the most uh, the biggest one is the one that says, you know, 90% of women, nine out of 10 women would change their body in some way, shape or form. And so what happens is for people who, for for people who are saying, I I don't like my body. I want to change my body. I don't want to accept my body. Then having a relationship with it is really, really challenging. Ultimately it becomes a situation where they don't trust their body. Mm -hmm. They don't respect their body. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the journey around intuitive eating to this place of actually trusting their body, they become in tuned with it. They develop a level of respect for it. They're able to say, Oh wow, actually, you know what? My body is pretty powerful. It's sharing all of this information with me. I'm actually going to be willing to listen to it. So the process of becoming an intuitive eater, and then even the outcome of saying, I'm an intuitive eater, and I naturally know that I I will accept that I accept my body the way it is because it's so miraculous. It's so amazing. It offers me so much wisdom. And so the journey and the outcome around intuitive eating actually just naturally, it's just this natural progression for people to change their relationship with their body.
1: So the negative self-talk can, can ease, I would, I would imagine. It gets replaced. Ah, uh, yes. You
2: know, that it that gets, makes it more gets, sense. It yeah. gets replaced. Yeah. It, it's like you can't instead of fighting the negative self talk it needs to be invalidated right you know fighting it it almost is a way of validating it oh you have this negative self talk then let's talk positive to yourself you know look in the mirror and tell and tell yourself how beautiful your eyes are and how grateful you are for them or or find a piece of your find a body part and just really be grateful for that body part you know to me all you're doing is you're saying you were you're, you're, uh, trying to put a Band-Aid on something that really isn't, or, and trying to, to um, you're assuming that somehow your body's broken. Right. You're assuming that somehow there's something wrong with your body and that it needs fixing. And ultimately, we were born with one body. It's the only body we're going to get. Yeah. It's really the most powerful relationship we can have is this relationship that we have with our body and so to even have this belief that somehow it's broken which we live in a culture that says actually your body you know look at look at if it's not thin enough then there must be something wrong with it Mm -hmm. by trying to put a band-aid on that is actually just validating that 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 cultural assumption right?
1: Are there a couple of things that, that listeners would be able to, maybe the intuitive eating, the, the episode that we, that we did the last episode and episode 28, if they're interested, if someone's interest is peaked with that, or mm-hmm. maybe it's not yet, are there two things that people could take away today to start to observe or, or notice or just do? So a couple sure. of there were. It's a little it's an awakening, Leanne. Like okay. I,
2: I I view it as it's sort of waking up to this idea that if you've been battling your body and fighting your body all of your life, you've been ignoring it, you've been dismissing it. Little things like like have you, been, have you been starting to get symptoms of being sick or not feeling or feeling run down or feeling exhausted? And instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to just rest. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just go lay down. But instead think, I'm going to just keep powering through because I need to get this work done or I need to keep going. I have people that I have responsibilities I need to meet. I do it's that one all of-
1: the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. I can tell. I, it, I, I can tell you that. I, can I tell know. That. <laughs> it is it, so hard to slow down. Even just noticing how, when you're tired, when you're not feeling great, that you just need to take a break and you need mm, and you need to take a rest. That to me feels like as much work as working sometimes. Right. To stop myself from you know from doing that, and I can imagine as one of your sort of top two. Uh, first steps um, is to start
2: noticing the awareness piece, right? So it's so it's so it's an awakening to recognizing what our body really is. Yeah, be able to recognize it's a gift, and ultimately we do get a choice in how we feel about our bodies. We can ignore it like what I was sharing before. And, you know, when our body says, you know what, it'd be really nice if, you, if, if, if we could rest right now and slow down. Yeah. Um, always a choice. But what would it be like to kind of look at our body as an ally, as something that's there for us? Mm. It's there for us to actually be at our very best. And so when our body says slow down, what it's really, what it could really be saying is, I want to be my most present, creative, powerful self. But before I do that, I need a little bit of rest here. Right. Or I, I so am up for being brilliant. But before I do that, I need a snack. I need, you know, some hydration. I need this. And how often... Might we dismiss all of those signs because we ha- haven't consulted our bodies? Mm-hmm. So the awakening is critical and ultimately waking up to saying, oh, wow, mm-hmm. this is a miracle. This is amazing. Yeah. Like it's really a mindset shift. It's not a fix. Right. You know, it's not something in some ways it's not some. It's like an embodiment. It really is. Right. Yeah. And so that's the that's probably the biggest thing and then the second is the one that I already mentioned which is what choice do I get to make around how I look at my body. And if something's in the way, asking yourself a question, if something's in the way of me accepting my body just as it is. Well, let's let's go let's go to that. Let's go to that thought that says My body isn't good enough because I weigh five pounds more or 10 pounds more. My body isn't good enough because I don't wear a size two or a size four or whatever the size is. Like go question that thought Mm -hmm. because we live in a culture that, that wants to convince us of that, but that doesn't mean we need to abide by those cultural standards.
1: Yeah. Powerful, powerful. Thank you so much. For those, for those words of wisdom and words of inspiration, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, for listeners that want to hear a little bit more, about, more from Tara, then you can go back to last week's episode 28 about intuitive eating. So thank you again, mm-hmm. Tara. You're so welcome. Thanks
2: for having me, Leanne.
0: Somewhere between her jeans collection and her sock drawer, this is Eat This with Leanne.
1: Body and self-esteem go hand in hand, and while my next guest, Andre Prue, didn't realize that he had avoided looking at himself in the mirror for a few years as his weight climbed to an all-time high for him. Andre is going to share his journey with us over the past six months and along with what was his wake-up call to realizing how he felt about himself and then also what he has done about it. Andre works in the wine industry as his side hustle, as to being a show producer on News Talk 1010 Radio, and that contributed to his slow and steady weight gain. It's pretty easy to overindulge at wine events with great food and perfectly paired wines. Before I give any more away, let's hear from Andre, who shares his story best. Thank you so much, Andre, for joining me on uh, Eat This with Leanne. And you have a really interesting story that I'm so excited to share with listeners uh, to do with body image. So I'm just going to let you jump in because you're, (laughs) you're, you're, you're the best person to, to, to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, in January of this year, um, I was attending a wine event and, um, I, I had someone pull me aside and comment on my weight. And I'll be honest, I hadn't weighed myself in, in years. Um, I work in the wine industry. I'm married to a pastry chef. So I could say without a doubt, my lifestyle is a little bit, he, a little bit hedonistic, but, okay. um, it was a wake up call that something needs to be done. And, uh, you know, I decided January 10th that I was going to stop treating my body like a, a garbage dump and, find better fuel for for my body.
1: Mm. And can I ask what someone said to you? Was it out of concern? Did it feel a bit more judgmental about your weight?
0: I think when anyone talks about your weight, it's always going to be a little bit judgmental. I mean, it was someone I don't know terribly well, but he's a, a colleague in the wine community. And he said, you know, you've put on quite a bit of weight in the last little while. Is everything okay?" And I mean, it hurt it hurt partly because it wasn't someone i know very well but i don't think it's possible to comment on someone's weight without having it sting you know
1: Mm -hmm. and do you did you agree do you feel like was this a new a new situation for you being at the weight that you were at in january
0: I mean, I've been gradually putting on on weight over the past seven years. Um, okay. I, and I mean, I can kind of. I, I was actually. I was pulling photos from old wine events because there's a, a big one in Niagara, uh, the Cool Climate Chardonnay Celebration that I go to every year, and it's obviously canceled this year because of, of COVID. I pulled pictures from every year that I attended it, and you could see in each picture the gradual weight gain over seven years. Wow.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And 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 someone that you didn't really know, but this particular person that commented, what do you think maybe brought on the awareness, the shift, obviously it triggered something in you. Were you feeling the weight? Were you f- was, was it a something that was on your mind before this person said something to you?
0: You know, I think the problem with the gradual weight gain is you're sort of like a, a frog in a pot of boiling water. You know, it's kind of gradual changes that you become um, OK with. Uh, so at, at my peak weight, I was 280 pounds. And, and okay. that's making me estimating because, like I said, I didn't weigh myself. What I did on January 10th was measure my my girth. It was at 132 centimeters, but I told myself that, you know, as long as I could live a fairly active lifestyle, that there wasn't a problem with, you know, eating high fat, high carb foods every day, drinking uh, wine with, you know, most dinners Mm -hmm. and um, I have a dog. So I I walk my dog every day. He's a, he's a pug beagle cross. He's an active dog. And I, I, even at my heaviest, I was still walking seven kilometers, seven, seven to 10 kilometers every day.
1: Wow. That's a lot. It,
0: it, it is. But I mean, that's one of the reasons I justified it to myself that the weight gain wasn't mm-hmm. a problem. And, um, you know, it was a problem until it wasn't a problem.
1: That's really interesting, because I think there's going to be a lot of listeners that can that that resonates with where they can say, yeah, I don't think I have a problem until I would imagine in some cases, maybe it's a health crisis or maybe it's a your blood pressure is too high in your case, what seemed to have brought on your shift was something that someone said to you and then you decided to to do something different perhaps just not necessarily being aware or having like a self-loathing of your body image or something like that. It doesn't really sound like that was going on so much, but maybe that's what triggered. I don't know.
0: Um, Well, I mean, that realization on January 10th opened up a Pandora's box of of issues when I, you know, I sort of started to pinpoint a whole lot of things that were going on. You know, 2019, um, I can straight up admit that I was dealing with uh, depression of some sort, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always very busy. So there's a lot of distractions and it's hard to pin point the reason for why i was just feeling so lousy um and you know I, I can't remember when i start started avoiding myself in the mirror but you know it came to a realization that i'd been avoiding looking at myself in the mirror probably for two three years to be perfectly honest wow
1: that's huge andre to even be able to look back and and notice that i think is i think is huge and, and you talked about the, the mental health aspects of this.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, even, um, even in the middle of COVID, um, like I, I, broke my arm i had to go to a hospital during during covid and oh. even dealing with like immense uh physical um you know physical difficulties during this my mental health in july after you know four months of lockdown is so much better than it was in july of 2019 in spite of the fact that i, I keep joking with everyone that the world is ending but it's just like wow. you know um It's been a seismic shift in how I feel about myself over the past 12 months.
1: And the depression that you felt that you had before, has that eased, would you say, then?
0: Uh, I would say it's 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 morphed, uh, you know, from depression likely caused by by body image and lack of energy and lack of motivation. Uh, And, and, you know, I think I think it's just it'd be impossible to say that uh, most people right now aren't feeling a little bit depressed with what we've gone through as a society. for sure. And I think it's, I think it's okay. The, the other thing, though, is is I, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a wife where we talk openly about mental health and and frankly, when I'm talking to friends about what's going on with COVID, uh, you know, we've been very open. To, to, I, I feel like it's it's been healthy to talk to our friends who are having a hard time and talk about and mm-hmm. straight up admit, like I'm a producer at News Talk 1010. The first month of COVID, I went home and cried almost every day.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: But I mean, but I mean, that's not something like, you know, it's not like it was an uncontrollable sobbing. It was just like, how do you cope with the magnitude of what we were dealing with? But, you know, to talk to people about it, just it felt nice to not be alone, you know?
1: Yeah. And you're in the middle of the news, which is every single day, which is super heavy. A lot of people have had to turn away from the news, but that's what you do. So that's not an, that's not an easy an easy thing to do <laughs> so so on uh, in in january when you decided to do things differently then what what changes did you make to your lifestyle to help this um, what sounds really like not only body image transformation but also the mental health aspect as well as just your whole physical um, you know, everything that you're everything, how you feel every day when you get out of bed,
0: we, my wife and I, we took a whiteboard and put it on the fridge and we wrote four rules for ourselves because the main goal when I decided I wanted to lose weight was I wanted it to be sustainable. And And when my wife and I both recognized we needed to make healthier changes to our lifestyle, we wanted them to be sustainable. So we started with four rules. And that was salad for dinner two times a week. And thank God my wife is a chef and I'm a pretty good cook myself, if I if I may say so. Yeah, awesome. You know,
1: yes, but, excellent.
0: But I mean, like we weren't talking about like putting lettuce in a bowl. Like, I mean, there's so many things that can be salads and, you know, being fortunate enough to be in the wine industry and travel the world and, and this and that. You know, I've seen what salads look like in different countries. So there's lots of ways to make sure that salads are interesting. Uh, the second rule we made was uh, low carb or no carb two times a week. Um you know, when you have a wife who works in pastry, there's a lot of white sugar and uh, whole wheat or uh, all purpose flour in the house. Um, and I've listened to your segment on Jerry's show. I know that you're probably not a big fan of either one of those, but it's just the reality <laughs> of of what we have yeah. in the house. Right. Yeah. Um, switching to um, switching to herbal teas four days of the week instead of wine with dinner just because we recognized we wanted to have something with flavor but we we wanted to cut our alcohol intake not because we were concerned about excessive consumption but just to find a way to uh you know just to find a way to you know get an alternative that's lower calorie and just you know Drinking alcohol seven days a week is not a healthy. It's not healthy. It's just straight up not healthy. Even in the wine industry, like I, I, I can admit that it's not healthy.
1: Well, yep. No. Um. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the fourth so that, rule. The fourth rule was was watching portion controls, or watching our okay. portions.
1: That's those are simple, and I love that you said that it was a certain amount of times a week, which is not the typical on the wagon, off the wagon type of type of diet like you know a keto or a you know a whole 30 or let's just change it up and then I have to do this for the next 30 days and live through the deprivation of it all did you feel deprived at, at all with your with your four things written on the fridge we
0: did we did not feel deprived at all but it was also recognizing that we needed more tools in the in the toolbox to make sure that we didn't feel deprived so the mindset okay. that I've had has always been not, to withhold but to replace right Mm. um i'm i'm from saskatchewan i'm a proud meat eater you know for me a meal would be like a a one and a half pound strip loin with you know the token caesar salad on the side where it's just like you know we've now kind of switched things i love i love caesar salad i and i i also know like not the healthiest salad but still healthier and 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 filling and Fewer calories than eating a big chunk of well-marbled meat, you know?
1: And these couple of salads that you had had every week, they, I would imagine, would be, you know, with a lot more vegetables involved and not just like you said, not just the salad. So what what kind of what (laughs) what did you find that you really enjoyed after opening this situation up?
0: Um, so we wrote the rules on the, on the board, hoping they would be sustainable. And we ended up actually going all in because we found, um, there's Did a cookbook, cookbook I've been telling everyone about the food 52 mighty salads cookbook. And oh, nice. And I paired that up with, um, my fitness pal, which is an app you can use to track your calories and you could punch in your recipes into the, my fitness pal to keep track of your calories and by consequence your, your portions. Um, and we cook the cookbook front to back. Uh, and, you know, we were able to recognize certain like macro deficiencies, like there were certain salads that would be extremely vegetable heavy and lacking in protein. But, you know, I've I've eaten more chicken breasts, like skinless, <laughs> boneless chicken breasts in the past uh, six months okay. than I have in like the six years prior, because, you know, I chicken fat is delicious and I like dark meat. But yeah. we've made some changes yeah. there. Uh, and, okay. and and a bag of shrimp, just boiling a bag of shrimp and tossing it in a salad is also like just a great way to add protein without, you know, having yeah. to muck around with with your flavors. Oh, that
1: sounds that sounds tremendous. And do you feel like there's any sign of slowing down? Are you missing anything right now?
0: Um, I'll, I'll be OK. So I've lost um, according to my since I, I got a Fitbit a month into my journey. Uh, so I've lost okay. 55 pounds since buying my my Fitbit. I am finding myself in the <sighs> summer with the crazy heat. Um, yes. I, I do miss sweets once in a while, but at the same time, you know, being able to use the Fitbit, using my fitness pal, using the salads, my wife have, and I have learned that if we walk to the Baskin Robbins, which is about a kilometer and a half away from our house and Baskin Robbins yeah. has the calorie count posted. And I can't believe that I've turned into one of these people, but I'll walk to the okay, Baskin Robbins yes. and back on top of like my regular daily exercises, burns the amount of calories it takes to eat an ice cream cone from basket Robbins for the single scoop.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's calories in calories out. That certainly is a way that a lot of people kind of you know that they, they focus that becomes their focus and they, they manage to, um, yeah, they manage to keep going with that kind of thing. The episode that I, uh, that I did last week for anyone who hasn't heard that yet was actually about intuitive eating. So throwing out, the Fitbits and really getting to a place where you're eating more more towards what your body's asking for and what you're feeling. Now, while there are a lot of people out there that are doing this, doing this, following this way of eating this lifestyle, I'm going to say not diet, then I also think that there are a lot of people out there that require the structure before this becomes... Their lifestyle. So from what I'm hearing from what you're saying, you really have changed your lifestyle. Do you see that, you know, if you've ever tried to lose weight before, do you see that this situation now is something that you can sustain?
0: I have never tried to lose weight before and okay. I've set, I've set a weight goal of 185 and it's, and it's fluid. I mean, okay. I'm going by how I feel and what I do, but I've been setting kind of small goals along the way to kind of track where I'm at and also to make sure that I've got like these small hurdles to jump over to feel that success. Um, yeah. My original goal that January 10th when I decided to lose weight was to get my gut from 132 centimeters down to 100 Okay. And like the first fifteen centimeters melted off, no problem. Uh, but wow. here we are, six months in. I'm at 102 centimeters, and it's kind of holding there. Okay. So I, I've been pushing to that, and then it's. I had some clothes in the back of my closet that I I used to love that didn't fit me anymore, and I just mm-hmm. refused to part with them. Um, but I now fit into everything that's in my closet.
1: Amazing.
0: Um, I set a goal to buy a new suit. I tried on my my wedding suit about four months into the weight loss journey and it it fell off of me. Like I, I, I can't wear okay. it anymore. And though thankfully, yeah. I have nowhere to go and get dressed up for so I can save up to buy a nice suit when when <laughs> yes. the world's done ending. <laughs> yes. But I mean, that it's just been like kind of tracking the little goals and 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 measuring the success that way.
1: Oh, that sounds that sounds tremendous and different to what I was talking about last week with with intuitive eating changing and making a, a mindset shift to how you are, you know, how you're nourishing your body on, on every level. And thank you to that person that made that comment to you, which instigated this because there is a, yeah, there's a, I can see from a nutrition standpoint that there's a different level of health that, that, that you're living now, which is tremendous.
0: Yeah. And it's been remarkable to just, you know, kind of like with regards to the portion controls, keeping track of what keeps you full. When I got that salad cookbook, uh, you know, I got a really strong understanding of what a calorie is. Right. Mm, um, okay. and like when you're eating fatty foods, you get a lot of calories in, in liquid and the same thing with, with wine too. You get a lot of calories in liquid, but it doesn't fill you up. So mm-hmm. I was looking for things to fill me up to make sure that I was feeling good until my next meal
1: and i would imagine that also helps the deprivation where you are not thinking i can't go and eat anything even though this is what i what i want um yeah it's interesting it's uh it's it's different to what to to the in- intuitive side and i think listeners at this stage of the game uh, could relate a little bit more in terms of in terms of body image and taking these steps that you've taken, get the Fitbit, follow the calories, get the cookbook and and change those things. I just love the way that you and your wife came into this without, without having super strict rules with having some, some fluidity to what was going on and then actually found yourself diving all in, because I think that makes a really big change. When you allow yourself to have some freedom, then a lot of that restriction and um, yeah, just feeling deprived is not doesn't seem to be there, and that, in my experience, anyways, a nutritionist helping lots and lots of people lose weight and and shift weight. As soon as you say no to yourself mentally, it it just throws you right off.
0: Totally, totally. I, the, the shift in mindset, I think, is the is the the biggest thing and the biggest thing that that I've learned. And uh, I have been known in the past to say you don't win friends with salad, but it turns out <laughs> I was wrong. You do win friends with salad. You just need to find. The right salad.
1: Mm, I think, yeah, that's really, really big. And this mindset shift, you know, you you say that it, you say that it's been a huge mindset mindset shift. Was that more towards I want to feel good, or how would you describe that mindset shift for you?
0: It was more about I, I want to feel good, and you know, I'm I'm 36 years old now. I had the the note in the back of my head. I have a collection of uncles all on blood pressure medication who are not overweight. Um, I needed to do something. I, I've actually been calling my lifestyle shift damage control for the past six months because I figured I need to deal with this before a doctor tells me I have to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing, sharing your story. And I love that. I love the way that you've gone about this. I love that you've, you've stuck to it. It doesn't sound like anything, anything is going to, going to change anytime soon. And you've got your boundaries your boundaries set, but of course, always reach out if you need any help or, uh, or there's anything. <laughs> It'd be interesting for you to, to listen to the, to the episode last week and then also i'd love to have another chat with you again about about your thoughts about that because you know you're living you're you're living the the weight loss journey and that's what that uh, that what that that's what that talked about a lot so really so fascinating so fascinating but congratulations and well done and i'm glad that you're in the place that you are being super healthy and your wife too so <laughs> a, a dynamic duo on this front i love it thanks awesome. leanne Thanks so much, Andre.
0: This is Eat This with Leanne.
1: Wow, how's that for a story? I'm so grateful to both Tara and Andre this week, and I'll definitely be working in new ways to think about my own body image, my weight, my goals, and how it relates to the bigger question about mental health and eating. Between this week's episode and also the last episode, it certainly has got me thinking about things differently and also how I put things out into the world. There's also a story that I've carried through my life that is one of my families. And really, when I say because of because as part of my families is because there's a few of my family members, cousins on my dad's side, who we in a certain aspect, we all look the same. So when I was young, I was told that I have a big bum. So that phrase, does my butt look big in this, was totally made for me. And I can't tell you how many times I have said that while standing in a store, trying on something else, wondering if this is, you know, going to make my bum look smaller. Now, because this is something that is family, I could at an age actually see that this was really not true. We just all have the same posture and the way that we stand sometimes makes me look and them like we have a big bottom. But that's a story that I've held on to and carried throughout my life. And when I asked on social media, uh, someone also had a similar story. And when she was younger, when she was a teen, her boyfriend and her friends were grouped together and looking over at her in a restaurant. And he told her that he thought that she had a small head. That's what they were all laughing about at the table. And then he went on to say, yeah, like a small head on, you know, like a gorilla's body. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff that sticks with us and makes it really easy to be so hard on ourselves. And that's the stuff that lasts. So with all that said, when it comes down to it, I think the biggest takeaway is to be kinder to yourself and honor how you feel while you're at it. I think we could all take a break every once in a while from comparing our bodies to other people's on social media, who are on TV and in movies, and drawing huge conclusions like, oh, they must be happier than me. They must have a better life than me. Many psychologists point out how self-comparison is the opposite of gratitude and really will not lead us down a path of feeling happiness. The gratitude is really where it's at. So maybe after this episode, you can reflect on questions like, what do you like about your body? What do you love about your life? How has your body shown up for you in times of illness or stress? How, How were you feeling strong in the last week? Whether you've been to the gym or not, it doesn't matter. And also, why are you so hard on yourself? Yes, there is work to be done here, my friends, so let's keep the conversation going, because this one's a, I don't know, I'm going to call it a doozy, because I think it's a pretty big one, and although I wish it could all be wrapped up nicely in this one episode, I've only scratched a very small part of the surface here. <music> If you're looking for some more info on this topic please go back to our previous episodes and look at other special editions of eat this with leanne like there were two that we recently put out about self-care In episode 28, as I mentioned, Tara Whitney talked about intuitive eating. And on this past week's Learn Together show, which I call Learn Together when I'm not doing cook together, on Sprout Right's Facebook and Instagram pages, I interviewed a great friend of mine, Jasmine Chomsky, who's a psychotherapist about how to listen to our body, how to get out of our head and into your feelings, because I think that's a really foreign concept for so many of us. I also have some episodes on mindful eating, really showing up in the present moment with all of your senses. You can find all those episodes along with their notes on my website, leannephillipson.com. So share, subscribe this podcast. That's always appreciated. And as always, remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.